See, I started in this business because this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't going to write the great American novel, but I also knew there was more to life than buying something for a dollar and selling it for two. I'd hoped to create something, something which could be held to the highest standards. And what I realized was I... I wanted to give the news to the world, and I wanted to give it unvarnished. Now, the more we all know about each other, the greater the chance we will survive. Sure, I want to make a profit. You can't exist without one, but... Uh, <laughs> John Bonacue is all profit. Now, if we give him license to absorb parish communications, and he has his eye on a few others after us, in order to reach the world, you will have to go through John Bonacue. And not only will you have to pay him to do this, far more important, you'd have to agree with him. Reporting the news is a privilege and a responsibility, and it is not exploitable. Parish Communications has earned this privilege. John Bonacue wants to buy it. As your chairman, I urge you to agree. This company is not for sale. Open up with that clip from a movie called Meet Joe Black. And you know what's funny is uh, I was thinking of all kinds of all kinds of movie clips to open up with based on what I'm seeing this week, what I'm seeing in the news, what I'm seeing in in my life and around me on social media, and the deception that's going on, and the and the mood of everybody who's staying at home and working and and I'm and I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a uh, I'm seeing things just percolating, getting ready to explode. And I happen to see that see that movie, and I you know I've seen it a million times, and said that scene is perfect. Is perfect is if we let if we let companies take over the media, then they will control what we see. They'll control what we know, and they'll control our lives. And it's amazing as I bring this up to people, how people that don't pay attention don't see it the same way I do. And I, and I, I brought it up, I brought it up in a, uh, in a, uh, in a group of people we were talking online and I said, you know what? I think this thing is a scam and I don't think coronavirus is a scam, but I think it's been blown out of proportion to scare us and, and scare us into 
into uh, submission to putting up with this stay-at-home stuff and uh, taking it way beyond what it needs to be. And I got filleted by someone who said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you on this. You know that this. What about all the people that have died? Well, I don't know the people that have died. You know, say who, what, who, who are the people that died? Now we know people die. We know people die. People die every day of all kinds of things. But now nobody dies except for COVID nineteen, and and it's and it's becoming clearer and clearer why that is. And, you know, it's, and I, I actually say, Hey, you know what? 650 people die every day in California, in the state of California, 650 people die every single day, car accidents, heart attacks, cancer, uh, drug overdoses, murder. Uh, and, and 650 people a day for whatever, just getting old. And there's probably 700 people, 700 new, new people, uh, born. I don't have that statistic right in front of me, but, uh, People are being born and the population just keeps going the circle of life. I say, but if I, but, and nobody's surprised that it's day in, day out, day in, day out, year after year after year. But if all of a sudden I state it different and I say 650 people died yesterday of, of COVID-19 coronavirus, how does that make you feel? It makes, it makes you scared. And then you start saying, what can we do? What can we do? And it's and it's gone so far, so far out of proportion. And people are hurting. People are hurting because of this. And all we're, and you know, the people that aren't hurting, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm inconvenienced, but I'm not hurting. I'm make, I'm uh, I'm still making money. There's a lot of people out there that are, that are making money, taking advantage of the uh, of the relief efforts and just just uh, embezzling, extorting money out of the taxpayer fund. And but there's a lot of people that aren't working or got laid off and, uh, and they want to get back to work. Of course, uh, but we're taking the more funds and making it and making it so that it's not advantageous for them to go back to work because they're getting normal unemployment plus $600 a week. So there's a, there's a big contingent in this, in this country of unemployed people that don't want to go back to work because they're going to make less money working than they do sitting on their butt, smoking weed and watching, uh, and watching, uh, uh, Judge Judy, I used to say it's watching Oprah, but she hasn't been on for years. So some of you guys may not even remember Oprah. So it's uh, it's amazing to me. I also use that song, Liar from the Three Dog Night, which I think was the 60s, maybe the 70s. But, uh, you know, it's it's we're being lied to. We're being deceived. And we need to open up our eyes. And I'm seeing a list of protests that are going on uh, now and even in California where it's just gotten out of hand. And I'm going to talk about all that. But I'm going to talk about all kinds of different sections of that that's going on to bring it to bring it to light. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are all kinds of opportunities because of this COVID-19 thing and scaring people into uh, sitting back, uh, interest rates are great, and the competition for for house, houses are still selling. Houses are still selling. If you're a seller and you're thinking about not putting your house in the market, houses are still selling. And if you're a buyer and you're thinking, well, you know, no one else is going to buy them because no one's looking at houses, you're wrong. Take advantage of this. A lot of people think that way. So there's less competition, but there's a, uh, but things are still going. There's great opportunities out there. If you're, uh, if you want to get involved in sending those, some of those opportunities, you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855 855- 
640-2020. If you want to find out what your options are on properties that you may want to own or you already already own, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net, and uh, click on the uh, Summit Funding logo. It'll take you to my lending page, and you can fill in as much information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, um, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates. Eric Marquez, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's something you want to hear hear repeated on this show, or you want to share it, or you missed it on, missed it when it broadcasts, you can get the podcast on at Hoffman.net as well. Just click on uh, the podcast page. You'll see this this uh, this week's show as well as several past shows, and you can also get the podcast on on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. Have it uh, download to your computer, your or your phone, or whatever device you use to listen to to podcasts on, and you can listen to it on demand. It'll once a week when we upload it, it'll up, it'll download to your uh, to your device. Uh, follow me on Twitter, what I where I current uh, tweet about current events all week long. Sometimes some weeks more than others, depending on how crazy crazy busy it is. And this week this week was unbelievable the amount of amount of information on and it was information overload and don't have no pauses not time to uh, tweet very much uh also the facebook page for the show is uh facebook.com slash the main event at hoffman so uh let's talk about what's going on in this in this country in this state um let's talk about some of the some of the lies we're hearing about i told you last week i'm getting uh, more and more skeptical about this pandemic and i and the, and it continues today and and it's just it's becoming more and more clear, and it's starting to feel like uh, like uh, the Soviet Union. It's starting to think uh, like the North Korea or communist China, where where the only thing you see on the media is what the government says you can see, and you know they have a they have a uh, an agenda what you they want you to believe, and they continue to push that out. And if it doesn't match their agenda, you don't see it. You don't see it on social media. They they censored out of that you don't see it on tv you don't get to hear the freedom of speech and uh the freedom of the press that we used to have is uh is really quite deceiving now because the press is on the tank for uh for the uh the democrat takeover and the government takeover of our lives this week two california doctors were censored by youtube after their video video on coronavirus data went viral dr dan erickson and dr arton Masihi, co-owners of Accelerated Urgent Care in Bakersfield, made the video during a press conference to release the results of more than 5,000 tests that they conducted at their centers. These conclusions were extrapolated from their results. We've seen 1,227 deaths in the state of California with a possible uh, incidence or prevalence of 4.7 million. That means you have a 0.03 chance of dying from COVID-19 in the state of California. 0.03 0.03 chance of dying from COVID in the state of California. Is that, does that necessitate sheltering in place? Does that necessitate shutting down medical systems? Does that necessitate people being out of work? I don't believe it does. I don't believe it does. It's kind of like, did, was it necessary for us to change the bathrooms in restaurants and, and schools because 0.23 of uh, 1% um in this in this uh country are lgbtq lgbtq is it uh was it is it necessary to change that was it necessary because 10% of the people in the in the country uh didn't have health insurance 
or for one reason or another, they couldn't get it or they didn't want it, um, that we changed the whole healthcare system for everybody. And still we have 10% of the people that don't have it or don't want it. And, uh, and people are being hurt by this. People are, are really being hurt by this. And, and businesses are, are, you know, in Riverside County, they, they said that we're going to, the stay at home order was extended until June 15th. This is going to be another Boston Tea Party. This is going to be another American Revolution, another civil war. This is, uh, this is, this is getting out of hand. The doctors also talked about what the colleagues in the hospital emergency rooms are saying, and it's pretty eye-opening. We aren't pressured to test for flu, but ER doctors now, my friends that I talk to say, you know, it's interesting, when I'm, when I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add COVID. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add COVID to maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. Exactly. And follow the money, because what... What we're hearing and what we're seeing is that, and I've heard anywhere from 13,000 to 33,000 that the hospitals get an additional, if, if, the, if the cause of death is COVID-19, that Medicare pays an additional 13,000 or 33,000. I haven't, uh, I've heard differing numbers, but they'll have a three at the end. Uh, they, that Medicare gives them more money. So follow the money. We're paying out more money if it's COVID-19, encouraging the, the, the hospitals and the doctors to, to uh, skew the numbers. But then we also talk about um, removing information that is problematic. You know, of course, anything that is medically unsubstantiated, so people saying like, take vitamin C, um, you know, um, take turmeric, like those are all, will cure you. Um, those are the examples of things that would be a violation of our policy. Um, anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so remove is another really important part of our policy. Well, we know the World Health Organization is corrupt, and they're and they're skewing things based on uh, uh, to make China make to not make China look bad. So, but YouTube is is skewing things. If it's against what the World Health Organization says, then they take it down. So, can you see what's happening, folks? Can you see the deception? Can you see the lies? Can you see how the government's trying to put fear into us? Likewise, Mark Zuckerberg said Facebook is now classifying promotions. For any rallies or protests regarding the reopening of the economy as misinformation. And guess what they do with that misinformation? We do classify that as harmful misinformation and we take that down. Okay, so speaking mm, of misinformation, yeah. Gavin Newsom announced the hard, the hard closure of all state parks and beaches this week, just days after some communities started loosening their restrictions. And the reason for this? The so-called crowds at Newport Beach. A photo in the Orange County Register shows people crowded on the, crowded on the sand while an aerial shot from the Newport Beach Police Department tells a very different story, leading many people to, to believe the registered photo was either doctored or not a current photo. You decide, was uh, Newport Beach's was Newport Beach crowded? Overhead from Newport Beach uh, PD shows, shows uh, you know, people spread out, not very sparsely uh, uh, crowded, but the photo that they published in the paper shows, and I, and I think it's a difference of just, the angle they took it at, um, and it looks at like it looks like very crowded people in the way the the way the lens brought everything together, and uh, so which one do you think Gavin Newsom believed the doctored one, of course? Those images are an example of what not to see, people what not to do, 
if we're going to make the meaningful progress that we've made in the last few weeks extend into the next number of number of weeks. Yeah, but of course, uh, uh, you know, if you if you if Gavin Newsom listens to Aunt Nancy, science, 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 he's ignoring the fact that uh, the science says that being out in the sun is healthy for the coronavirus, kills the, the, the ultraviolet rays or one of the rays coming from the sun is, uh, is healthy for that. And of course, being in the open air is uh, certainly healthy for, uh, for everybody to be out there. And, uh, you know, six feet apart, six feet apart is, is uh, not that close, is, you know, not that, not that spread out that we need to be. And especially when you're not inside where, the, where you're recirculating the air. I think about when I go on a plane, when I go on a plane, why would anybody want to fly now unless they have to? Because it seems like every time I go on a plane, I catch something because they're recirculating the air. You're in a big, big metal tube up in the air and breathing each other's airs no matter what you do. But you're out at the beach. You're at the beach. You're at a park. And, you know, you're somewhere outside. Uh, you know, they, they, you know the, there's a thing called uh, osmosis and where the where everything dissipates from coming the air you breathe out of your mouth before it gets to someone three or four feet away. It's all dissipated except for when you're inside. So anyway, enough already Uh, from California to New New York. uh, There's been, there's been more than enough government overreach in our lives uh, in the name of public health. And this week, New York city mayor, Bill de Blasio, who, uh, who Don calls a big bird because he's a big tall guy with a, with a beak on him that looks like Big Bird, uh, he got what's co- what was coming to him. It started when a congregation of Hasidic Jews gathered Tuesday night in Brooklyn's Williamsburg neighborhood uh, for a funeral of a rabbi who died of coronavirus, or at least that's what they classified it as. Most of the mourners were wearing face masks, but with 2,000 people present and uh, social distancing was pretty much impossible. Now, here's what Bill de Blasio tweeted and imagine him saying this about a, a Muslim funeral gathering or LGBT funeral gathering or, uh, or even a black funeral, uh, just about anybody, anybody, relate, anybody related, anything other than something related to Christians or Jews. Bill de Blasio tweets, something absolutely unacceptable happened in Williamsburg tonight, a large funeral gathering in the middle of this pandemic. When I heard, I went there myself to ensure crowd was dispersed. And what I, what I saw will not be tolerated so long as we are fighting coronavirus. My message to the Jewish community and to all communities is simple. The time for warning has passed. I have instructed the New York Police Department to proceed immediately uh, to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping the disease and saving lives, period. Can you imagine? Can you, can you imagine the fact that he called out the, the Jewish community? Can you imagine if that was the 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 uh, the Muslims or anybody else? So this move this move got De Blasio major uh, blowback on Twitter, including from an Orthodox Jew who represents his, his part of Brooklyn in uh, New York City Council, who tweeted, "What? This has got to be a joke. Did Mayor of New York City just single single out a specific ethnic community, a community that has been the target of increasing hate crimes in his city, as being non-compliant?" Has, has he been to the park lately? What am I saying? Of course he has. He's correct. De Blasio has been to the park lately, and it isn't even, even the park he lives in. Just so you know what that means, Gracie Mansion, the official res- residence of all New York City mayors, is located in Carl Schurz Park, a 15-acre park, park in, in Manhattan. 
So why did de Blasio feel the need to violate his own social distancing policies this week by hiking around with his wife at Prospect Park in Brooklyn? One resident followed, followed the mayor around in, in the park and to ask him. Seriously, you guys have a park. You live in the middle of a park. You don't need to not essentially travel to Brooklyn. This is so terribly selfish. You call yourself a progressive, but you chauffeur yourself to Brooklyn. Exactly. So let's, so you know, it's, uh, it's the people that are uh, the hypocrites, the hypocrisy of what's going on in the Democrat Party and in this country. It, this, it's, no, it's not just the Democratic Party, but it just seems to be uh, concentrated in the Democrat Party. Let's pivot to the economy. The number of Americans filing for unemployment rose by 4 million people this week, with total claims above 30 million. State and local governments are hemorrhaging tax revenue and warning about cuts and layoffs to essential services. As a result, states asking for even even more money. The states are asking for even more money, which means you guessed it, a fourth stimulus package. House Democrats will soon detail plans to get more federal aid to the states, including private activity bonds and Build America bonds, which is a tax advantage borrowing program. So uh, people people that have money in uh, in mutual funds and the bank, they'll be encouraged to buy the to to loan their money to the government because it'll be tax free on the on the interest. Um, keep in mind, the state's already got $2 billion in the last stimulus and another $11 billion for testing. White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow was asked what his thoughts are on the fourth stimulus package this week. Do we need another stimulus package? I think the second half of this year is going to grow, big snapback. I'd like to see a more incentive-minded approach that'll get this economy roaring. We'll come out of the chute in the second half and go right into 2021 with a very positive rebound. And when he says incentive-minded approach, you know, give people incentives to, uh, to uh, do what they need to do to get back to work, and we can get back to work and still keep socially distanced. We can get kids back in school because kids don't seem to catch this virus and they don't seem to carry the virus, science says. And, uh, you know, the people that are the people that are in the greatest risk are the seniors and people with uh, compromised immune systems. And but we're shutting down the whole economy. We're shutting down the whole we're shutting down the whole country. With no with with no uh, with no incentivized plan. With no, with no thoughts of, well, hey, you know what? We're going to give people an extra, extra uh, few months of, of unemployment. In addition to that, we're going to give them an extra $600 a week. Most of these people are making more money now than, than, what, they were getting, than what they were getting before. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be out of jobs because the, because the businesses can't sustain with no business. They can't keep, keep this up. Um, Kudlow and the president both stated this week, that May needs to be the transition month for reopening the economy so that the third and fourth quarters can rebound, period. I believe, based on the numbers flattening out, that the May is going to be a transition month for reopening the economy. Let's just call it May and spilling over into early June. Well, I think we're going to have a great third quarter. It's going to be a transition. So when I say great, I think the transition is going to be really terrific. And we're going to take it into the fourth. And I think we're going to have potentially a great fourth quarter. You know what? This coronavirus and all these stimulus is going to cost the country four trillion dollars. By the time this is done, it's going to be four trillion dollars, which is another term of the Obama administration. Four trillion dollars that we'll spend, and what do we have to show for it? Nada. So realize we're just dumping cash out 
we're dumping cash out. We're getting nothing for it. We're not getting military. We're not getting uh, economy. We're not getting a wall. We're not getting anything. We're just giving it away. So the Democrats look look better and Trump looks bad. Hey, anyway, I'm going to talk about this more, but I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. Stay tuned for uh, five minutes of commercials, traffic and weather, and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event Heard Weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. And welcome back to part two of the main event. This, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio because most people, uh, unless you're in the in the market, you th- they might think it's boring. But some of you guys are in the market, you don't realize it. And uh, now is a great time to look into it. Um, having a lot of people call and a lot of people talk about uh, you know what they're doing with their with their assets, um, what strategic uh, strategic opportunities are out are out there. And, uh, and if you've got assets or you want to acquire assets and they're, uh, in real estate, you need financing or you need some advice on some, str- some good strategies for you. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free area code 855-640-2020. Um, so before the, before the, uh, in the first half, before we did the break for commercials, we're talking about, uh, how the uh, how California is shutting things down? How the uh, how how the the government is dealing with this coronavirus thing, and how we need to be opening our eyes. Uh, meanwhile, while while everybody is uh, is wondering what's going to happen, Nancy Pelosi has the has the entire Congress out of session. So on top of uh, you know, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's specifically because she doesn't want the Congress people to collect to uh, get coronavirus or if they just need some more vacations. But, uh, you know, here's uh, Dan Crenshaw, our former Navy SEAL Texas congressman, who who I'm going to start supporting for president 2024. He had some comments on this. Cowardice. Cowardice is the only way to describe that. This is more than just about accountability. Let me remind everybody, if we got paid hourly in Congress, you bet Nancy Pelosi would be there. You bet they'd be there. Now, here's the thing. This is about leadership. This is about leading on the front lines, along with the American people who are also on the front lines. Nurses, doctors, people still working grocery stores, still working our supply chains, people trying to grow food and raise cattle and and, and watching their, their, their food production plummet. Listen, people are having real problems 
problems, but people are trying and they're fighting on the front lines. They're risk mitigating, they're being smart, and they're, but they're still engaging in life. Why can't Congress do the same? It's about leadership. It's about demonstrating to the American people that we're not scared and spineless. Just for once, I wish we would actually demonstrate that. Exactly. So do I. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, starting to see some, you know, think about, think about this. For the run for president, the Democrats put, what, 23, 24 people out there, none of which had, had any, any, uh, any leadership qualities. And they ended up putting Joe Biden, sleepy Joe Biden, dementia, Mr. Magoo out there for president. Meanwhile, I'm looking at, you know, if uh, when Trump's done with his second term, who will we put out there? I could see all kinds of them. Dan Crenshaw, uh, and I think he's in his first term, first or second term as a as a congressman. What a great guy! How about uh, Trey Gowdy, who uh, who uh, didn't go for re-election? Here's a, a great congressman that former congressman that could run. There's all kinds of people in the in the Republican Party that could step up and and confidently take the reins when uh, after Trump finishes his second term. Uh, the Democrats don't have anybody. They don't have anybody because they just don't think the same. It's amazing to me. So while we're talking about Biden, it takes a special kind of hypocrite to endorse Joe Biden the same week that overwhelming evidence points to his guilt of sexual assault. Well, Hillary, Hillary Clinton decided that she should be that special person, which shouldn't surprise anyone considering who her husband is and what she said about women who accused him uh, of you know, that it was all just a vast right-wing conspiracy against her husband when that happened. Hillary's endorsement comes comes at a time as a newly discovered audio from a 1993 episode of Larry King, where the mother, mother of the Biden accuser, Tara Reid, called in for advice. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. Yes. Hello. Um, I'm wondering what um, uh, a, a staffer uh, would to do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there. Uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. Or she had a story to tell, but out of respect for the person she worked for, she didn't tell it. That's true. Yeah, why would, uh, why would she have that much respect for someone who doesn't deserve it or who violated her, her trust? Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Tara Reid's complaint is believed to be in Biden's Senate files, which are now under lock and key at the University of Delaware uh, until two years after he leaves public life and they refused to release them earlier. What's funny is he left public life in 2016. So why weren't they released in 2018? So now he's in back in public life, which makes him immune, just like he's immune to the fact that he extorted money out of the Ukraine actually extorted money out of the out of uh, the taxpayers here to give it to Ukraine and and uh, blackmailed them into stopping an investigation against his son because that's how he's getting the money back. So hey, he's given a billion and a half dollars to Ukraine in exchange. They were funneling money through Burisma to his son at a, at a million dollars a year, which you know was being shared with dad. So but the fact that he admitted to it is not an issue because he's running for president. So, you know, they took this as a, as an impeachable offense against, uh, against president Trump because he wanted to look into it because, you know, Hey, Biden admitted it right on, right on camera. And uh, so anyway, so remember Tara Reid uh, says Biden pinned her up against the wall, forced her legs apart and put his hands inside her. Then when she rejected him, she, he said, you're nothing and demoted her. 
Obama's and Obama's endorsement last week said said the person who did this was the person who did this was full of honesty, integrity, and grace. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now let's let's listen to some of the the uh, additional hypocrisy coming from the uh, coming from the Democrat Party. Let's talk about Kristen Gillibrand, Kirsten Gillibrand, who was who was a one of the 23 people that was running for president. Here's what she said two years ago when Brett Kavanaugh had somebody accusing him of of uh, sexual assault in his college days. I believe her because she's telling the truth. Judge Kavanaugh has not asked to have the FBI review these claims. Is that the is that the reaction of an innocent person? It is not. Of course, uh, then, then two years later, when it's uh, the Democrat, a Democrat up there who's running for president, here's what she said. So when we say believe women, uh, it's for this explicit intention of making sure there's space for all women to come forward, to speak their truth, to be heard. And in this allegation, that is what Tara Reid has done. She has come forward. She has spoken. Um, Vice President Biden has vehemently denied these allegations, and I support Vice President Biden. Well, he denied it, so I guess he didn't do it. That's good enough for me. What the heck? Kamala Harris, our California senator, who was also a, a uh, presidential candidate in the in the original 23, here's what she said about uh, Brett Kavanaugh and uh, Christine Blasey Ford, who uh, couldn't come up with anybody who could corroborate her her uh, her her memories and from a college attack. It comes down to credibility to your point, Gail, and it's gonna be about uh, listening to what each party has to say, but I believe her. Yeah, I believe her because she sounds so credible, even though nobody, nobody of, none of her friends could say, well, I don't remember her ever saying anything about it. Here's what she says about Biden. As I've said, she has a right to tell her story. On the issue of Joe, I mean, I can only speak to the Joe Biden I know. He's He's been a lifelong fighter in, in terms of stopping violence against women. Yeah, he's been a lifelong fighter, at least, as, at least as long as he's in front of the camera or making a speech or anybody's paying attention. But, you know, when, when you get behind closed doors, you know, it's like uh, what I call people that are Christians when it's, when it's convenient, Christianity of convenience. They're, they're Christian on Sunday mornings. They're Christian when anybody's talking to them when they're uh when nobody's looking but you know when it's when it comes time to make it making uh, uh decisions about how they conduct their lives and what kind of values they have what kind of character they have well you know nobody's looking i taught my kids that your uh christianity is about about uh what's happening when nobody else is looking except for you and god and you know what kind of decisions you make what goes on inside your head what's going on inside your heart and uh and god knows that stuff now that the uh, pressure is on Biden to respond to these things, uh, Biden said Biden agreed that he was going to go on TV and respond to these uh, allegations on Morning Joe on on Friday morning, Thursday night. Thursday night, Mark Levin was on uh, Hannity and he had these comments. When Biden wants to speak, he can barely speak. When Biden wants to speak, who does he talk to? Joe Scarborough. Oh, that'll be a fascinating discussion. Between the two of them, they have a negative IQ of 48. You're going to have Biden there. You know full well that the Scarborough staff and the Biden staff are already coordinating on how he's going to respond and so forth. Hey, tough guy, Biden, you're always calling out the president. You're going to take him behind the schoolhouse. How about you stand up straight like a man in front of a camera, take questions for 30 or 40 minutes. The president does it for 90 minutes at a time. 
You were accused of sexual assault. In some states, what you're accused of doing is called rape. This is a very, very serious matter. So Friday morning, Joe Biden went in on uh, Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough. Here was the basis, basics of what he said. No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Well, I guess that's, that's it. He said it didn't happen, so I guess it didn't. I think Mr. Mellon should be expelled. What are you going to do about it? Well, Thornton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. So let's get back to let's get back to uh, Hillary's endorsement. Here's what uh, Hillary's, here's what Hillary had to say about this this pillar of pillar of strength in the community and this this uh, this uh, stellar man of honesty, integrity, and grace. You know, Joe Biden has been preparing for uh, this moment his entire life. I've been privileged to work with him uh, over the last uh, 25 plus years uh, as First Lady, then for eight years in the Senate where I watched him build coalitions and work uh, to bring people together to solve problems. Then during the Obama administration when I was privileged to be Secretary of State. I've been in the Situation Room uh, with Joe as we debated and you know, where we didn't say what we thought people wanted to hear, we said what we believed. And we had a president then with President Obama who encouraged that, think of it, <laughs> who wanted to hear uh, from each and every one of us. Yeah, Obama was just such a such a great leader. He wanted to hear from every one of us. He wanted to hear what everybody had to say. He wanted to consider everything, even if you didn't agree with him. Uh, Mark Levin had something to say on, the, on Thursday night when he was on Hannity about Obama as well. Barack Obama is one of the most corrupt presidents in history, certainly in modern history. Barack Obama. It was the Obama FBI that was spying on the Trump campaign. It was the Obama FBI that was spying on Carter Page. It was the Obama FBI that went after Michael Flynn. It was the Obama FBI that hid exculpatory information about Michael Flynn. It was the Obama FBI that lied to the FISA court. It was the Obama FBI that conspired to trigger the 25th Amendment against the President of the United States. It was the Obama FBI that was leaking. I came on this network on March 5th as a former chief of staff to an attorney general. And I looked at the leaks, and I knew they were coming from the FBI that were taking place. And I took eight of them, one exhibit after another. And I said, and I meant it, there's espionage going on in this administration against Trump, against his campaign. I didn't have the specifics but I knew enough to read what was going on. Those leaks were coming from the FBI. Yep. And that's, uh, and that's amazing. This is all happening under the, uh, under president Obama and realized that uh, he, he knew everything that was going on because Comey said, Hey, the, the white house wants to know what, what's going on and all this stuff. And in my eyes, that's why the Democrats will stop at nothing to get rid of pre president Trump because they know this investigation is going to take longer than the amount of time that he has in his first term and they need to get him out. And even if that, and that, even if that means taking down the entire American economy, they don't care because they can't be, you know, think about it. Why is Nancy Pelosi just turned 80? Why is she still involved? 
why would somebody want to continue to be involved in, in, uh, in this at 80 years old? You know, her and her husband are, are filthy rich. Why would they want to continue? I mean, I know why, why Trump wanted to, but Trump wasn't 80 when he started. And, uh, and, you know, he went after something bigger than just being Speaker of the House or being a congressperson. But there must be something else going on that, that, is, uh, that is pushing people to do this after, I don't know how many years she's been in, in Congress, probably 30. Um, what's the drive there? I don't understand it. So on Thursday, while we're talking about all the, uh, all the FBI stuff that was going on, on Thursday, new internal documents were unsealed that show the true intention of the FBI and its investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Remember, General Michael Flynn, who, who served his country in the military for 35 years. Then Trump makes him his first National Security Advisor. Uh, and this is what this is what the FBI did to him. Four pages uh, were unsealed Thursday that revealed the FBI had a clear agenda to entrap Flynn right after Trump's inauguration. As top agents debated how to interrogate him on his conversation with the Russian ambassador. The same day that Flynn was interviewed, January 24th, four days after the inauguration, uh, one agent wrote, if we're seen as playing games, the White House will be furious. Protect our institution by not playing games. Another note read, what is our goal? Truth, admission of guilt, or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired? I don't see how getting someone someone to admit their wrongdoing is going easy on him. And finally, after the investigation into Flynn was scheduled to be closed due to the lack of in, uh, derogatory information, Peter Strzok, remember Peter Strzok, the guy who said we needed insurance policy, the guy that was uh, having an affair with uh, Lisa Page, and uh, hey, there's no way that... that uh, that Trump's gonna gonna get gonna get into to presidency. We're gonna stop it. We need and we're gonna have an insurance policy just in case. And the guy who said, "Hey, I could smell the the stinky uh, Walmart shoppers and uh, the Trump supporters, the stinky uh, the stinky Trump supporters in Walmart in the I think it was in New Jersey where he was at the time. All these all these texts that showed up. Remember that guy? So after the investigation was scheduled to be closed, uh, they found a note a note from him that said. Don't stop Operation Operation Crossfire Razor, which was the Michael Flynn thing. That the the seventh floor is involved. The seventh floor meaning the top the top leadership of the FBI. So it's amazing. It's ama- It's amazing that all this stuff is happening, and this stuff is happening from the FBI, the top the top uh, law enforcement agency in the in the country. And this stuff is happening. If it can happen to a guy who who gave thirty five years of his life to the military. It can happen to any one of us. Can you imagine this kind of stuff happening in the United States? I can't. Although we don't know for sure who authored the handwritten notes uh, that they that they that they were unsealed on Thursday, it uh, it appears the initials of Bill Priestap, then head of the FBI's counterintelligence. They appear to be written during the meeting with then Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. Here's President Trump on Thursday. Right at the beginning of the administration, the dirty cops came in. And you see the notes. He's in the process of being exonerated. If you look at those notes from yesterday, that was total exoneration. These were dirty, filthy cops at the top of the FBI. I mean, he couldn't have known too much what was happening. They came at him with 15 buses, and he's standing in the middle of a highway. What they did to this man, they tormented him. They destroyed him. Yeah, they did. They they destroyed him. And one of the one of the reporters asked him, 
well, President Trump, will you, are you going to pardon uh, Michael Flynn? And he made a comment. He says, well, you know, I have the power to do that. But he goes, I have some different powers, but it looks to me like I'm not going to have to because he's going to be exonerated, which, which, you know, if he pardons Michael Flynn, they're just going to be saying he's covering up for his friend. His friend covered up for him, and now he's pardoning him and, and, uh, and letting this stuff go, for, go forward and just covering up. And you know how, how the social media is. And I see, you know, the social media, oh, Trump's covering up. He's lying. He's lying about this. People say, hey, I see uh, people on, uh, on Facebook go, Trump, he does nothing but lie. And I say, what does he lie about? And they never have an answer for that. We have all kinds of stuff that we can pull out that the Democrats are covering up and how, how corrupt the Obama administration was and the FBI. And, it, and it, you know that you know that it goes all the way up to the all the way up to the top. And you know that if this uh, uh, investigation continues, we're going to see Comey and Hillary Clinton and we're going to see uh, uh, Biden and McCabe and Strzok and Page and all these people are going to go down. And do you think uh, the Democrats are just going to sit still and let this happen? I don't think so. So, so Thursday night, I'm watch, I'm watching all this stuff happening, and I flip over to MSNBC, and I just say, you know what? I've seen all this stuff. I'm gonna flip over and see the other side, and it's amazing. I'm seeing a Brian Williams show, and he's got people on there, and uh, and they're saying, and they're and they're talking about how, uh, and they're talking about the coronavirus and stuff that's going on there, and they're saying they're saying things like. And this is what I what is amazing to me that these people have such a different perspective, or maybe they're just they're doing this on purpose to uh, to steer other people into a different perspective. He goes, you know, Trump created this virus. Trump created this virus, and he started this problem. And now he wants to wants to dump the responsibility on the governors. And if you watch Trump in his in his uh, in his press conferences, he's trying to not overreach. And could try to be a, a dictator. He's saying, "Hey, you know what? Every state is different. We're going to support the the states, but the governors need to, need to make these calls because you know there's differences between California and New York and uh, and South Dakota. South Dakota has got like uh, five or six cases of coronavirus, and you know they're 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 not so so uh, close together all the time. It's amazing to me." Um, and you know, and, and we're talking about how the governor, how some of the governors are trying to pin it on him. And here's my question. All the, all 50 States have a governor and all 50 States, the governors ran for that position. And isn't that what they ran for to run their States, to be the, the chief executive of their little mini country within our big country, you know, the United States, each state is a, is its own government is its own economy. Isn't that what they ran for? And now that now that uh, they they've screwed up, they've made they've made some bad decisions because no one could have foreseen this coronavirus thing. Although that's their job to uh, prepare, you know, to have a have a, a emergency preparedness. Now that now that that's now that it, they have made mistakes in the past, they want to blame it on Trump, or at least the Democrats do. The Democrats want to say, "Hey, look, he's dumping all this responsibility on the governors after he screwed it up." I don't really see how he screwed it up. So Mark Levin on Thursday night had something to say about that as well, specifically New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's been on, on our TV screens every single day for the last six weeks. Also, Sean, I want to talk about, circle back to Mr. Cuomo. Mr. Cuomo, you put out a policy on March 25th 
nursing home administrators, directors of nursing, and hospital discharge planners. Despite the fact that we had enough data to know that frail senior citizens in nursing homes, in assisted living homes, and senior facilities are the number one potential death target of this virus, you sent coronavirus positive individuals into nursing homes. And now you're blaming the nursing homes. Here it is. Here's your order, right here. It says, no resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. Nursing homes, listen, America, are prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission or readmission. The next day, the nursing homes and their association begged the governor, please don't do this. We can't handle these people. We have senior frail residents in here. And what does he say? He doesn't care. In fact, the title in the Wall Street Journal that day was, New York mandates nursing homes take COVID-19 patients. What kind of an idiot do you have to be to take COVID-19 positive patients out of hospitals and put them we with frail senior citizens in nursing homes? They're not set up for that. That guy, honestly, has blood on his hands and a big mouth to boot. Yes, he does. And you know what? Uh, from whether it's Cuomo or whether it's Gavin Newsom or whoever it is out there that are pointing the fingers at Trump, I think Trump's the only one who's engaged fully, that's watching what's happening health-wise, that's watching what, what, the, what the impact is on our economy and realizing that, hey, you know what? We don't, we're not all at risk. It's the people in the, in the nursing homes. It's the people in their, in their sixties and seventies that are, uh, that are more, or people with immune, uh, immune, uh, compromised immune systems that are, that are, uh, at danger, but we're keeping everybody at home and we're shutting down our whole economy. Folks, keep your eyes open, keep your brains turned on and watch what's happening. There's going to be a lot of protests and you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, civil unrest. In the, in the coming weeks. Pay attention, keep your eyes open, stay healthy, and uh, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.